This is 251 Now with Kelly Finley, the go-to place for what's happening in our local community. Presented by Spring Hill College. The businesses you need to know about, local artists to support, restaurants to visit, community leaders making a difference, local topics you and your friends are talking about now. Good Sunday morning and welcome to 251 Now with Kelly Finley. I'm Kelly Finley. Very excited to not only talk to you, but also wish you almost a happy fourth. And you cannot do that without having a real life superhero in studio. I'm so excited for you to meet her. Um, As I do each Sunday, I have my guests introduce themselves and tell you uh, what their title is or maybe the organization they're with, and then we get right to the conversation at hand. Good morning. Good morning. And for those of you who don't know me or recognize my voice, I am Master Secondary Sergeant Cynthia LaRose House. Um, I'm actually a retired United States Marine. And you can tell that because I am so proud when I say the branch of service. Uh, but I'm also a part of a number of veterans organizations. I'm with the South Alabama Veterans Council, with the American Legion, the Women Marines Association. I'm with the Mobile Bay Area Veterans Day Commission. But the organization I'm most proud to talk about is the National Montfort Point Marine Association. And we, I know we'll get into that a little bit later. But yes. all of that combined is what Cynthia House does with her days these days. Can I get it, Ura? Hurrah. That's what I'm talking about. You know, I always have I always have the best guests and you continue <laughs> with the theme, my friend. Um, I'm so honored to have you here, um, you know, as we get closer to our nation's birthday and many people get really patriotic around these times and they're yes. looking for someone other than the, the 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 obvious. And you I mean, you just break every stereotype possible. And I love that because you didn't just achieve this rank and forget about people. You're all about welcoming them to the core or helping them to understand what those yellow footprints mean or why you so proudly say, Oorah. and and that's why I wanted to have you here. And I appreciate you saying that. But the reality is I didn't set out to do this. I think it grabbed on to me. Um, what a lot of people don't know is that I joined the Marine Corps on a bet with my older brother who said, Women couldn't make it in the military. They especially couldn't make it in the Marine Corps. And he wants women in the military anyway because we're in the middle of a war. And, I mean, you probably gave him an eyebrow and said, watch this. I mean, and here you are. Well, let's backtrack because I love always asking about the background of my guests, especially in this um, situation. So you're originally from Mobile. I am originally from Mobile, born and bred. Mm-hmm. Um Born in the 50s, and so raised in the 50s and 60s, and I'm a product of all of that. And so, and that's one of the reasons why the military really wasn't on my radar, because for my race, my people, education was key. You were supposed to go to school. And so that was something a little bit different. Um, But because of the background I had with the kind of parents that I had, the opportunities I had, um, Mm -hmm. it made it possible for me to just sort of be here today. Well, I have to remind you, this is radio. And so people here, my people in my race, they don't know what you are. Let them know. Okay. Well, I'm African-American. Okay. Um, I'm an African-American Catholic. Okay. Who started out you going to public school? I smiled when I said that because <laughs> I actually tell people that I'm a Catholic. Uh, my dad was Baptist and my mother was Catholic, oh. and so there was a battle in our house. You know, we did both uh, services and so forth. But um, got a little bit of from both backgrounds. But I bring up the Catholic part of that is because there were some opportunities that I received getting the education that I did within the Catholic school framework that enabled me to be where I am. Um, 
public schools had something called, um, I think it was called Upward Bound. And in the Catholic school system, we had something called Project Opportunity. And it was in Catholic Opportunity that I was introduced to culture, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, something a little bit different um, to provide us opportunities that I might not ordinarily have had an opportunity to get involved in simply because of the period of time that I was being raised in. Mm-hmm. And we all know that when you're in the military, no matter the branch, you're green. They say green, but the reality is we say dark green, <laughs> light green, <laughs> middle green, and, and, and that's unfortunate. But uh-huh. sometimes that's necessary because you need to understand that although we're one, when we're fighting, we come from different backgrounds that's and right. we have to learn to appreciate the different shades of where views. they are exactly. Gotcha. And that's what makes us excel. That's what makes us good. So beautifully said. And I love the fact that you're giving, you know, you know, a, a salute to how you were raised because you understand that you were afforded different opportunities. Opportunities. I do. And instead of being um, selfish about it, you took those opportunities and you chose to go into a field that can impact thousands, thousands of people. Okay, so you made the bet. Okay. Um, where did you go first when it came to boot camp? Paris Island, South Carolina. I like to bring that up because there was a time when African-American men were not able to train there. So I go to Paris Island, South Carolina. Boot camp was... Okay, and don't tell anybody I said this. Okay. Boot camp was pretty easy for me. Why? Were you Boot camp was easy for me because I said I'm Batholic. That's one thing. The other thing, well, first of all, if you've been trained by a nun, you've already been to boot camp. Oh, I understand. Uh, So... That lifestyle was not difficult for me, Mm -hmm. and I found myself smiling a lot because um, challenges bring that out in me. Um, I didn't realize that at the time, so just being here now, I'm just recognizing that the background I had enabled me to be where I am and to approach things a little bit differently. I didn't know that I was doing that at, at the time, but uh, that was pretty good for me. Well, because I would think your drill instructor might think you're trying to be funny and, um, and smiling, like things were so easy. Well, and, and well, not that so much, but I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. I was always in the office. Um, oh, house, you think that's funny. Um, it's that amazing part. how... Um, not funny it is when you have to stand in front of a mirror and laugh. So I, I learned pretty quickly to try to have to express that on my face. But 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 the challenge was, and I think they actually found me amusing mm-hmm. uh, because I wasn't threatened by or, or in fear of a lot of things that they said. It was mostly a mind game. But again, that was part of my training, and I was too young and foolish to truly understand what I was actually doing, a lot of times I was doing it, uh, but that made boot camp sort of fun for me. Um, and interestingly enough, a couple of my drill instructors actually followed me to my first duty station to look for me. Because they knew you would, would, would they be They thought so that amazing? I was going to be doing something, where is house? Oh, that, yeah. Like that. Um, in fact, I was at Camp Montfort Point. Um, I'm almost embarrassed to say that because it sort of tells my age because that base is not no, no, called ma'am. that you anymore. You wear that with pride. But, well, as soon as I find that picture to prove it, I will do that. <laughs> uh, but, but that was a little bit interesting. So after um, after boot camp, mm-hmm. I ended up, uh, well, court of training at Camp Lejeune and Montford Point. Uh, I think my next duty station was um, Albany, Georgia. And from there, I had an opportunity to go to Japan, and so naturally you've got to go. You've, you've got to go. Out now, of let country. me ask you this: Before you go to Japan, had you been on an airplane out of the country before, or had you been on an airplane in the country? I had been on an airplane in country. Okay, 
take that back. My first airplane ride was to boot camp. Was it, okay, gotcha. Yeah, it was, okay, it I understand. And of course, they set that up so that whenever you arrive, you arrive dead tired in the middle of the night. Uh, they do that to you. So With mind games again. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. and let me just say real fast, not to interrupt. Understand that no matter your age, because I don't ask people their ages, because I don't give mine. I would have asked you that same question if you were twelve, if you were fifty-two, if you were eighty-two. Just because, you know, going out of the country for the first time. I mean, y- your senses are so uh, are taken aback almost as to, as to what you're seeing, what maybe you haven't seen, and so when you couple all of that with the first time going out <laughs> of the country plus a uh, boot camp. <laughs> I mean, you have a job to do. So I was just excited. I, I, I got to tell you, I don't even think I remember the plane ride. What I hear in my head is my mother, who did not want me to go. What did she say? Um, I'm not going to have a child of mine going into any branch of service. And she went on and on about that, just no, just no. Uh, because at the time that I went in, women had to be at least 19, and I was not quite 19. And um, so I had to get parental signature from somewhere, and Dad finally said something, well, that's your child. You know she's going to end up going. You might as well sign it. So uh, that part of it was a little bit difficult for me because Mother didn't want me to go, and I'm thinking, what will I need to do over these next weeks or months to prove to mother that it was okay to come. Uh-huh. And only because your brother was in the Corps was why you took this bet exactly, for the Corps. So if exactly. he had been in the Air Force, that would have been the bet. Well, her thing, too, see, women didn't do those kinds of things. We were trained uh, to wear the little pillbox hats, oh. the little white. I was that kind of person. I understand. So mother is not buying somebody who wants to go and possibly not come back home. Uh, she recognized there's a war. I didn't. Yes, and she, because she's a yeah. few years ahead of you. Yeah. But out of respect, I love how you call her mother. I actually had a four-year scholarship to Dillard University. So we're not talking about me just making a change. I joined the military on a bet and gave up a four-year scholarship. That's heavy. That's big. When you look back, do you think you made the right decision? I do. I do. You hesitate. I, I hesitate because... Even though there, I don't look at the military of my experiences in the same manner as a lot do. I don't think of all the negative things. There were some negative things that shaped me, mm-hmm. but I always look at the positive part. And I think I miss part of um, what I now look at as the college culture. Yes. Because although I got my degree, it took me like, what, 15 years, 18 years to get that degree. And although I have it, my College was actually the Marine Corps. That's right. Uh, that's the experience that I have, and so I'm not able to relate to a lot of my classmates who went on to uh, to well, the traditional way. Right. I'm, so that's I, a little bit. I understand that wholeheartedly. Um, and with choices, I come reward, but also consequences. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. But again, the fact that you're sharing your story, I love this. <laughs> okay, so we're in Japan, right? How long are we in Japan for? I was in Japan for actually 18 months. Okay. And explain what an MOS is. A mil, uh, MOS is your military occupational specialty. And what was your specialty? Uh, my specialty was actually, I think I was assigned um, something in supply. Okay. Um, understand <laughs> that at the time, uh, there were a lot of roles that were not open to women. Direct support stock control. Well. That was at Camp Butler in Okinawa. Uh, and that was also in San Diego. Uh-huh. And I love this part of your bio because I always ask my guests to give me a little bit about them, that you became a member of the NBC decontamination team 
to train base personnel on nuclear, biological, and chemical warfare. Yes. Doesn't that sound impressive? Very. That is so scary. Right. And I wish I had known that was scary when I was doing it. Um, again, you know. Your mama knew. Excuse me. Well, mother, mother didn't know. She, she didn't know but that mother, part. But mother would have known. Yeah, she, she didn't know that part. But let, let me tell you something. I had opportunities based on the fact that I did not want to fall into the mold. So I was one of those um, who went assigned administrative duties. Um, and I would just raise my hand. Sir, I didn't join the Marine Corps to be a secretary. Wait, on that note. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to we're going to follow up on what you told him you did join the Corps for. And I cannot wait to continue this conversation. Keep it tuned to this Hunmobile station. Master Gunnery Sergeant Cynthia House coming back after this quick commercial break. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of 251 Now with Kelly Finley. Um, we went to break talking more with Master Gunnery Sergeant Cynthia House, US, USMC retired, of course. And we went to break and you said they wanted, this is a time in the Corps where women were supposed to do X, Y, and Z from an administrative assistant staff standpoint. No knock against that. However, you told your um, command mm-hmm. that this is not what you joined the Corps for. So what did you join the Corps for? I didn't know. I just joined to win the bet, and I started enjoying it. And again, keep in mind, and I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I was not particularly patriotic. But understand this. When I went to boot camp, women were taught, and, and we were in that program where you were there to free a man to fight. And so we were taught how to stand. I mean, we were actually taught um, – some charming school kinds of things. Uh, we were required to wear lipstick. Um, that was a must. You must have one lipstick all the time. And although the audience can't tell, I'm wearing the shade that was called Little Red Red when I was in boot camp. And it's red red. We were required to wear eyeshadow. So we were issued not an M14 or anything like that. We were issued a makeup kit. This is the first I'm hearing of this. Yeah. So um, Mac Products, by the way. Yes, I'm throwing out that name. <laughs> um, but again, because of the era that I was raised in, none of this seemed um, weird to me at the time. And so, so I'm understanding that, like as I said, you were required to wear this all the time. And women were always put in administrative billets. Mm-hmm. Um, that was not my makeup anyway. So nonetheless, um, by the time I've gone through a couple of things, and it started in Albany, Georgia, mm-hmm. where um, a civilian had asked me to do something. And I had to remind her that I didn't work for her. And then she reported me to the captain, and he was the first person I told I did not join the Marine Corps to be a secretary. I could have done that outside. When I was in school, I was a nursing major, so even then I wasn't going to be a secretary. Nonetheless, uh, what what they did then, they sent me immediately to the warehouse, Mm -hmm. and there I had an opportunity to finally kind of get in touch with what was going on. Um, There's a war going on. And the equipment that I was looking at, touching, feeling, seeing, inventory, that was equipment coming immediately back from Vietnam and some of the other places where our men were in conflict, if you will. And so that transfer to Japan sort of followed along that route, the same kind of thing. I'm just not that administrative type. However, you still have to lead. And part of that, um, as my rank is growing old, they tended to keep women in roles Not intentionally, don't get me wrong, not intentionally, but women in those administrative roles, whereas in order to 
uh, become promoted, to gain your rank and those kinds of things, you had to step outside and do something else. And being part of the NBC decontamination team was a biggie. I had taken some Marine Corps Institute courses on that, had excelled in that, and I was a perfect candidate for it. I'll um, say. I was a little bitty something, kind of feisty or whatever. And so <laughs> I just qualified to do that and was able to to get that kind of training done and under my belt. You're so impressive and you're so humble and you just really don't understand just, I mean, you really are seven feet tall in here. I'm telling you right <laughs> now, ma'am. Um, you're, again, your resume is unbelievable. Love the fact, I'm just kind of going to hopscotch around, but um, you were acting staff non-commissioned in charge of direct support stock control. Mm-hmm. During that assignment, you were twice nominated for Marine of the Year, runner-up for Miss Toys for Tots, the contest there, and a member of the Marine Corps' historical uniform and flag pageant. That is precision. That is attention to detail. I mean, they don't put nonsense anywhere near what I just mentioned. I know. You know, I, that's right. Okay, it's good. But, but and the interesting thing, and, and I think as I think back on it now, I'm thinking, what were you thinking? <laughs> I gave up opportunities for junior people so that they can succeed. Uh, each time that I was nom- nominated for the Marine of the Year, I actually went before the board and, and started up. speaking up. I didn't give it up, give it up. But I did speak uh, on behalf of other people, those that I thought were uh, not necessarily more deserving, but people that I saw on their way up, gotcha. but had some type of challenge and being recognized in this way would be the catalyst for them to continue their service. Um, so I, I would do that kind of thing because having the marks, having those awards didn't right. really mean that much to me. I was going to do what I was going to do no matter what. But what you just described is a true leader, a real leader who understands while I know I'm good at these things and I'm helping others, I want someone a little more junior to me to be able to be recognized so that they can do even more for the next. But there weren't a lot of women. Remember that there yeah. were not a lot of women. And at that time, we just had to support each other. Uh, we probably didn't all look at the same way, but that was the right. way I viewed it. And, at the and time. it's also how you were raised and where you come from, yeah. um, how that that dictates how you handle those types of situations. Now, you separated from active duty in 1979. You joined the reserves. Why so? Keep in mind, it was only a bet. I was only supposed to stay for two years, uh-huh. and here I am now, six years in. Okay. I wanted to be a drill instructor. And uh, I had bad body parts, I'd like to say. So they didn't think that I would be able to stay in the Marine Corps. They wanted me to be a recruiter. Mm-hmm. Not my calling. I needed to be on the drill field. And, and that would be a B-billet, right? Sorry. That would have been considered yes, a B-billet? Yes, yes, okay. yes. Uh, so uh, for me, my dad, and then I remembered, I'm actually supposed to be in school. And so I got out with the intent of going back to school. I joined the reserves. Not sure why. Well, actually, I waited a couple of months, and then I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually missed in the Marine Corps, and I think it was then that I recognized that that was probably my calling. Okay, and so I was kind of sneaky, and I got back on active duty, <laughs> and um, had to tell mother, of course. And mother was so excited. Really? Yes. What? What? Cleotha House was excited. Wait a minute. Say her whole name again. Cleotha Lee House. <laughs> I mean. Okay, so the shock on my face took a while to kind of go away. And her thing was, I have never seen you happier and I've never seen you excel. And that's when she reminded me that when we were kids, you know how little kids have little clubs around, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, She would say after club meeting, I would march my sisters and brothers and neighbors around the house. And our insurance salesman started calling me Sarge. See? 
And then I remember them. That's my calling. That's your calling. Yeah. And boom, there you are. Okay, so you completed U.S. Navy ComSec School. You were assigned to Marine Forces Reserve New Orleans, mm-hmm. Louisiana, as a commanding general's primary advisor on matters concerning the security and handling and management of classified material and equipment. And that's You're all we can say about source. that. That's right. Leave it there. OPSEC. Hello. Thank you. Okay. But here's something. And I'm not trying to, I mean, I tell you, if you could look at a resume, you would totally Kelly. be smiling. Too. No, but listen, this is, this is the biggie. Okay. This is the biggie. One of the biggies. In 2021, you were the recipient of the J. Gary Cooper <sighs> Community Service Award. See, I told you. I, I know. I know. Right. I, we love Major General Cooper. I, what does that mean to you? Okay. I've got chills even talking about it. Mm-hmm. You have to understand Major General Gary Cooper to appreciate what that means. So, number one, he's got an award named after him. He's the Marine's Marine. Mm-hmm. And everybody in this area, we're just going to say this area, but certainly throughout the Marine Corps, knows who J. Gary Cooper is. Absolutely. And to be the recipient of an award mm-hmm. named after this man tells me mm-hmm. that somebody thought I was doing something. He was the first black officer to lead troops in Vietnam. Absolutely. Ever. Ever. Let me say it again. Ever. USMC. Hoorah. And the fact that you were named as the recipient yes. by the Chamber of Commerce. Yes. It speaks volumes about you. Well, I say him, but thank you so much. Both and th- of you. That was absolutely, that was an honor. That was an absolute honor. Let me ask you this. If you could speak to young women, and I don't, I'm not leaving our young men out, but right now this is about our women. If you could speak to a young woman who's deciding whether or not to join the Corps, and she's easily can look at all the mountains that are ahead of her because of the people who say she can't do this, she shouldn't do this, X, Y, and Z. What would you say to her? What is the saying on that pair of shoes? Just do it. Just do it. You may not succeed the first time. It doesn't matter. That part of it doesn't even matter. It's the fact that you attempt to just do it. Mm-hmm. If you feel it in you, just do it. It's going to be right for you. Just do it. You're so motivating in all that you do. And you've listed some of the um, organizations that you that you lend your expertise to. And again, there's many. There are people who are going to want to follow up on, on you and with you and want to get involved. Okay. So, you know, you can find uh, Cynthia LaRose House on Facebook. She's got a business Facebook as well. And I know we, gosh, time is just flowing. It's going really fast. So we didn't get a chance to talk about the National Modford Point Marine Association. But in a minute or so, a minute of, of time or less, will you please tell me what that encompasses? Okay, so the National Marfa Point Marine Association is an organization of veterans and veteran supporters who support the legacy of the original Marfa Pointers. Though the Marfa Pointers are their first black Americans to join the Marine Corps. Uh, it was a segregated boot camp, and we can go into all of that. That's the part, but their history, these are the people who fought so that I could be in this uniform. And considering the time that they were actually... Um, permitted, and that's the word they actually use, mm-hmm. to join the Corps. There were a number of things going on in the nation. These are people who weren't even able to vote, and they wanted to be Marines to fight for their country. We honor their legacy. We're not like the Buffalo Soldiers. We don't have horses. We don't have airplanes like the Tuskegee Airmen. We've got the grit 
of the Marine Corps that everybody knows. And these are the people that we honor. And those are people that I would love to come back and talk to you about I was about just about sometime. to say, that was just to scratch the surface because you're coming back. Please, thank you. I will come back. I will happily come back. See, I just, I'm so thankful for you. <laughs> you're a gift, seriously, as a leader, a local leader, and someone who we can all learn from. I mean, Thank you, you for saying that. I appreciate you're it. You're welcome. You move and groove amongst the best. And on that note, if you could take us into the end of the show with a little bit of cadence, I'd appreciate it as we get ready for the 4th of July. Your lip, your lip, your lip, I'd lip, I'd lip, I'd lip, lip, I'd lip, I'd lip, right, lip, hoorah! I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you for your service. That is Master Gunnery Sergeant Cynthia House, USMC retired. Appreciate you. Happy Fourth. And thank you for tuning in to this edition of 251 Now with Kelly Finley. Have a great Sunday. See you back here, same time, same place, next week. Tune in every Sunday for 251 Now with Kelly Finley, presented by Spring Hill College, 730 to 8 a.m., right here on The Sound of Mobile.